Turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Romans. Did I tell you? I actually told you Romans chapter 6, but if you'll forgive me, I'm going to start in Romans chapter 5. How many of you glad you're an American? Say amen. amen. I'm glad for our freedoms. I'm glad for what God's done in this land. And we are in desperate need of revival in America. Now, I'm not going to preach a patriotic message this morning. I, I, I love America, and I'm, I, I thank God for it. I want to do everything I can to preserve this land. But I know just as sure as I'm standing here that this world is going to melt with a fervent heat as Brother Timmy preached about on Wednesday night. It's coming to an end. And uh, this, this America that you love, it'll be destroyed one day. It's going to be gone. And it may be sooner than we think. But there are some things that are eternal. And, uh, I, and that's what I want to deal with this morning along the line of freedom and liberty. Will you look with me, please, in the book of Romans? Now, I'm going to read a lengthy passage of Scripture, which is always an adventure when I read. So if you'll follow closely. I am reading the King James Bible, although sometimes it may not sound like it. But you have your Bible open, and I'm going to read quite a few verses. And uh, I, I promise you, I, I want to share this truth, the Word of God, with you. And, uh, but the lengthy passage will not make that we, we're going to get out that much later. I, I want to try to be mindful of your time and try to get everything on the radio. Notice in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world... But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace. And thank God for the wonderful song that Brother Gary sang a while ago. I'd rather have Jesus because of that free gift and the grace extended through him. And the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience shall many of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Continue right on. The thought continues on. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that as many of us as have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. 
For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not, reign, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instrument of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall have not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether to sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. But now ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered in you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the affirmative of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants of, to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit have ye then in those things whereof ye now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become the servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I want you to, chapter 7 is tremendously important, but I'm going to skip all the way over chapter 7 and come to chapter 8 and read two verses, and we'll be through with the reading of the text. Notice in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is therefore, now he's talked about, I gave you the basics, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made you free from the law of sin and death. God has set us free through the Lord Jesus Christ and by our trust and believing in him, he set us free from the law of sin and death. You're free. If you've been saved by the grace of God, God did something more than forgive your sin. He gave you freedom. He gave you a liberty. He gave you a power. And God wants us to understand this morning that you're free. I'm thinking about now a statement that was made many years ago. Free at last. Free at last. I'm free at last. Will you bow with me for prayer? Heavenly Father, I pray now the Holy Spirit of God would breathe on me now. I want to thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost of God that I've felt since I walked into this auditorium this morning. Thank you for the dear saints of God who've prayed and sought your face and believed, God, that you'd do exceedingly abundantly above all that we would ask or think.
And I pray God now the sweet Holy Ghost of God would do what you said you would do and promise to do. That is convict of sin, righteous and judgment. And draw men and women, boys and girls by your grace and save them for Jesus' sake. I pray God that you'd minister the hearts of God's children. And God, I want to thank you for our freedom and the liberty of the saints of God. And we'll praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Free at last. Free at last. Great God Almighty, I'm free at last. How many of you can remember in your life when you wanted to be free? Not free individually or politically or socially, but free from the bondage of sin. There were things that you were doing that you didn't want to do. You were living a lifestyle you didn't want to live. And you tried everything, but you couldn't get freedom. But thank God, God gave you freedom. God gave you liberty. I want you to notice in the first place three little things this morning that I want to share with you. I want to talk to you this morning from this passage of scripture I've just read to you about the bondage of sin, the slavery of sin. Then I want to talk to you about the battle for freedom. And then finally, the blessing of freedom, the, the burden of sin or the bondage of sin. He makes reference here in chapter number eight. Notice verse two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. He told us in Romans chapter six that whereas, and chapter five, whereas by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death reigned, death ruled. And because of that, because of sin, death came because of that. There was a law. There's a law. God has set some parameters and sin entered in to the world through one man named Adam. The consequence of sin, as in the book of James, that we're drawn, we're enticed. And when, when, when in that enticement, when that lust is conceived, it brings forth death. That's a natural process. You take a seed and you plant a seed into the ground and that seed with the right amount of light, the right amount of water will germinate and a seed will come out of the ground. That is a law. God set that up. Uh, when you, I walked up this morning uh, up right by the, the pool house up there, and there, I don't know why, but there were six or seven bumblebees. They were black-faced bumblebees. Now, white-faced bumblebee won't sting you, but a black-faced bumblebee will. And they were all over the place up there. And you know, the thing about it is that bumblebee, scientifically, aerodynamically, according to the laws of physics and aerodynamics, cannot fly. He is way too big for the wings that he has. But God in his divine wisdom has created that bumblebee to be able to defy the law of gravity. Now gravity is is what we all live in that environment of gravity. And it's a law where here is the same law like those laws that all of of science is based on certain laws that that, that never change. And then Here's another law on the spiritual realm. And that is that sin brings forth death. And death entered to the world. And, and because of that, every man was in bondage to sin. Sin entered into the world by Adam. And the Bible said because sin entered into the world, death. And death by sin because in that all have sin. Every person was bound by that law. It was in you. There's a bondage to sin. It is inside of you. You and I enjoy freedom in this country. 
And part of the preamble of our Constitution says that we believe that men are endowed with certain inalienable rights. And that is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you and I, we, our founding fathers, believe that God had given us those. God gave life as a free gift. That every individual is to have liberty and that we have the right to pursue our happiness. Those are, we believe, from the foundation of our nation, God-given rights. And so we think about the freedoms individually. You have freedoms in your life. You have freedoms of things that you can do. But you, there are certain things that you cannot do, although you're free. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't go over other laws as much as you'd want to be able to fly without the use of an airplane or whatever you have. It's impossible for you to fly. You can't fly because you can't override this law. If God did invest in us the freedom of liberty, there's certain areas that we cannot cross. And so it is in this area of sin. You may want to live above sin, but if you're lost, you can't. You're in, you're in bondage to it. The Bible says there's none that seeketh after God. No, not one. There's none that understandeth. No, not one. And he says in the book of Ephesians that you are dead in trespasses and sin. And because of that sin nature, you can try your very best to be a Christian or try your very best to go to heaven. But you cannot override that law of sin that's reigning in your life. You can't break through. You see some people whose lives are completely out of control and they give their lives to drugs or to alcohol and they die an untimely death. And people say, well, it's a shame they couldn't control their, their passions. It's a shame they couldn't do that. But the truth of the matter is, while there are different manifestations of sin, the Bible said all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That all, every person in the sound of my voice is living under the reign of sin. Jesus said, you're of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do. There may be different manifestations of that, but it's still true that you live in that realm of sin. Sin reigns over you. It indwells you. In fact, it is your very nature. You have the nature of Adam Sin is inside of you, and you do not sin all the time in what we call sin, but you're always a sinner. You may not sin all the time when people say that's a sin, this is a sin, but you're still a sinner all the time because you're involved in that law of sin. Sin came into this world, and sin passed unto all men in that all of sin. You're living in that. And then the second step is that, that is this, the law of sin and death, the consequence of it. What an awful thing to struggle and fight against something that you cannot win, and then ultimately to be completely destroyed by it. It'll reign over you, sin will, but it will ruin you, and you'll end up in hell for all eternity. Oh, you say, Brother Billy, that's, a, that's an awful gloomy picture to paint on such a happy occasion as, this, as the liberty of our nation and the freedom of our nation. I want to show you what the Bible says. The Bible says that sin reigned. There was no law until Moses came and he said, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt have no other gods before me. There was no manifested law, but he said this, Nevertheless, sin reigned. Why? Because what was wrong before the law was made specific and, and, and identified in the law. But he said, nevertheless, sin reigned from Adam to Moses because that's a law. Sin brings death. The wages of sin is death. 
And men in bondage to that sin, they can't get out from under it on their own. They may struggle, they may try, but there's no way for them to get out except for one way. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That leads me to the second thing I want to say this morning. Not only the bondage of sin, but the battle for freedom. I, you have, maybe you watch History Channel and see things and a lot of things going on now. They're talking about the Revolutionary War. When we went on vacation a couple of weeks ago, went to stay with Tom Robertson, went to Washington, D.C. And we went to the Smithsonian, went to the, the Museum of, of American History. And it has the history of the struggles of our nation and, uh, and to gain freedom from, uh, from Britain and all those battles we've been through since then, all the battles in our, our, our country's history. But that battle for freedom had to be fought that we could be set free. Now, there has to be a battle for you to be freed from sin. But the Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. We couldn't save ourselves. The Bible said there was a time that you were alien, stranger from the commonwealth of Israel, without God and without hope in the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? You were in such a bondage. You were in such a slavery, you couldn't get out. You were, you were bound by slavery. And there's no way you could get out from under it. And there had to be a battle to win that victory. Where did that battle occur? The battle, my dear friend, that I'm talking about, happened on Calvary. It is impossible for you to win the battle on your own. You can't get out. But Christ came to win the battle for us. Now, later in our nation's history, we had the great civil war. Various and sundry reasons about that war, states' rights, so on. The question of slavery. But regardless, those individuals who were held slaves could not free themselves. There was a move in our nation which, as a result, great civil war occurred, and they were set free. I was going, we were going through some items at the house, and of course, we, we go to the Philippines, and I, I was going through some items at the house the other day, quite a while back. I found Regina's daddy's discharge papers, and it talks about the different, he, was a, he drove a tank. And one of the things I never realized, and she didn't realize, that he was involved in the liberation of the Philippines. Those those. Filipino people on that, that island of Luzon and others were held captive by the Japanese. They could not free their sail. But the American mighty warship machine came in and we freed those Filipinos. And Brother Tom Feliciano says we still love Americas because you've given us freedom on three different occasions. Once from the Spanish, once from the Japanese, and once through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my dear friend, there had to be an outside force to deliver the slaves in America. There had to be an outside force to deliver the Filipinos on the island of Luzon and all the other islands associated with the Philippines. And so it is with you in bodies of sin. The Bible said, not by works of righteousness which you've done. Most religion in our country around the world is built on man delivering himself and man gaining its own freedom. But the Bible says Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. It said, there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. He is our Savior. He, he is the Messiah of Israel, but he is the Savior of the world. He came to fight that battle on the cross and to gain the victory. He came to give his life a ransom. And what did he win? What battle was fought? Well, it was in regard to the penalty of sin. The Bible said, whereas by one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so 
Death passed upon all men, ended all of sin. But then he goes on and says, but also as by the offense of one, so also by the obedience of one, we have freedom. We have liberty. That's Jesus. Jesus came to give us freedom from the penalty of sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible said, he that believeth not is condemned already. We've already been judged in God's holiness to be guilty of sin. It's a fact that we're sinners, but there's a penalty for that sin. Hanging over the head of every person, the sound of my voice this morning, is the execution of the penalty of sin. The wage of sin is death. It's not a matter whether you go to church or you don't go to church. It's not a matter whether you've been baptized or you've not been baptized. It's not a matter whether you're, you're just what people call the scum of the earth or whether you're the high in society. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the penalty, the wrath of God is hanging over you. It's going to be executed. It's going to be executed. And my dear friend, people in our nation have been shocked in recent days of the sin of people who were held in high esteem. I mean, people that nobody ever imagined and what horrible and hideous sin they had committed unbeknownst to anybody else. The truth of the matter is, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all under sin. And whether the general public knows it or whether you even understand it yourself or not, you're in the bondage of sin. Jesus Christ came to remove the penalty of sin. The Bible says, scarcely for righteous men would one die, Yet peradventure for good men, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He says in one place, he said, I have come to give my life a ransom. What's it mean? It means that he died. He paid our debt. The penalty of death that was on you because of sin, he did. Depicted in the play through the eyes of Peter was the man here, this, this wicked man, Barabbas. What are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with Christ? You release the murderer. You release him and you crucify Christ. Therein is the picture of every person in this building and every person in the voice, in sound of my voice. Jesus Christ died in the place of that sinner and he died in the place of you. He paid that sin debt for you and thank God he's freed you from the penalty of sin and death. You don't have to pay that price. He, he broke that bond. You were in, you were in that, that law. You couldn't get out of it, but he came and he transcended the law and he broke the bondage and he paid the penalty on your sin. But beyond that, he broke the power of sin. He broke the power of sin. The penalty is death, but sin reigned and what Paul's explained to us in the book of Romans chapter 6 and 7 is that he, he broke the dominance of sin in your life. When you would do good, evil was present. You did things you didn't want to do. You wanted to do right. You wanted to be better. You wanted to do the same. And yet you really couldn't control it. You wanted to do right. But what he did, as a, when he came, he suffered and bled and died, and he broke not only the penalty, paid the penalty on sin, but he broke the bondage of it. He broke the reign of it. He broke the dominion of it. No, no, he, and he said this. He said, sin shall no longer reign in your mortal body. You do not have to obey it. You don't have to obey it. He came. He paid the, the sin debt, the penalty. He broke the power of that sin. And one of these days, thank God, he'll deliver us from the very presence of sin. From the very presence of sin. Can I share with you just real quick? 
Not only the battle, what he did, he, he paid that sin debt and he set us free. If you've ever been, I sat and talked with Linwood Carroll the other day about his great-grandfather who fought in the Civil War. He fought at Gettysburg and other places, and, and, and he actually had his arm blown off and, and lived through the war and everything. But he fought and fought, and the Union soldiers fought and died. What a, what a bloody part of our history as a nation. But my dear friend, out of that, there came freedom because of the death of so many. And my dear friend, listen, Jesus Christ died that you could be set free. And he broke the bondage of sin, the penalty of sin, and, and the power of sin in your life. He broke that. If you trusted Christ, if you trusted Christ, he broke that power of sin in your life. Now notice, not only that, not only that he set us free from the very presence of sin and all of those things, but listen, he has set us free from the law of sin and death. The law is not destroyed. He just set us free from it. He just set us free from it. I, I was out the other morning and I, I watched the birds flying. And it just always amazes me. Brother Ricky made me a beautiful bird box, me and Regina. It's got on, the birds are still singing. And uh, I was trying to figure out where we're going to put it at. I want to put it right by the road. I told her, I said, I'd like to put it right down the driveway, but somebody come along and steal it. I know, I know how that works, but I want to have it where everybody can see it comes in the driveway. But you know, birds have been given the capability by their creator of overcoming the law of gravity. They can fly. They can just pick up, take off and fly. They can sail. I can't do that. You can't do that. God gave them that ability. But their ability to soar over that does not do away with the law. He just gave them ability to live above it and, and to create in them what's necessary to fly above that law to break the law of gravity. Now, they can't sustain that because of the way he's created them. But you say, Brother Billy, what about me? Well, what he did, he did not destroy the law of sin and death. It's still there. You see it rampant in America and around the world. The wages of sin is death. Hadn't changed any of that. Hadn't changed anything about the bondage of sin for those who are lost. But he did this. He did something for you. He freed you from the law of sin and death. Now, I don't know how you'd feel, but if this morning God the Holy Ghost would come to you and say, I know what you've been wanting to do. You've been wanting to fly. You'd like to walk out of this parking lot and not have to get in that hot car. You'd like to just get on this front driveway and just take off and fly. And you might not even go to the house. You might go up and fly over Jordan Lake and you might fly up and you might fly up in the mountains and fly over the board, just fly through those valleys and everything. And you just love to do that. And so he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you freedom from the law of gravity. Boy, I don't know how you'd feel. I'd shout. I, I, boy, I, that tickled me to death. And all these kids in there, I know that if God the Holy Ghost had come and said, I tell you what I'm going to do, we'll let you fly. We'll just let you fly. And you can fly all over the place. I, I'll have you to break that law of gravity. But that's not the greatest miracle he ever did if he was to do that. The greatest miracle is this, that he set us free from the law of sin and death. And he did it through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What I could not do in my flesh and in my own self-will and everything else, God did for me and the person of Christ died on the cross for me and for you. He suffered and he bled and died to set you free from the law of sin and death. He set you free. Now come to the blessing, the blessing of freedom, the blessing of freedom. In Romans chapter 8, it says this, There's therefore no condemnation 
to them which are in Christ Jesus. I'm glad he set us free from the condemnation of sin. There's no condemnation now. You've been set free for your sins in the past, for your sins of present, sins in the future. He's already paid that. He's already been set free. You've thanked God for that. There's now, therefore, no condemnation to them that in Christ Jesus, God sets you free from the penalty of sin. You don't have to worry about dying and going to hell. You've been saved by the grace of God. But further step is this. He not only gave us power, not only gave us the, the freedom of the condemnation of sin, but he gave us freedom of the condemnation of sin or, or the control of sin. Look back in your Bible, please, in, in Romans chapter 6. He said this. He said, Christ, verse number 10 of Romans chapter 6, for in that he died, he died once unto sin, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let, let sin there, excuse me, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey the lusts thereof. But yield yourselves, he said, but yield yourselves, yield your members as instruments of uh, uh, neither yield yourself as instrument unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. Now, here's what he said. He set us free. He set us free. And we had the freedom to go. We had the freedom to fly. We had the freedom to live above that. But you have to exercise that freedom. You have the freedom. Well, let me just explain it to you this way. Here's a man, he's a servant of a certain ruler. And this ruler says to him, go down to the market. And when you go to the market, I want you to buy apples and bananas and oranges. And so he goes to the market and he buys apples and bananas and oranges because he's a master. But somewhere there's a transition made and he's bought from that master by another master. And so he's down at the slave is down in the market one day and the previous master, his former master comes and said, buy me some bananas and apples and oranges. And he said, I'll not do it. He said, you must do it. He said, I don't have to. You're not my master anymore. I don't have to. And can I say this to you? When you get saved by the grace of God, it doesn't mean that you don't get tempted. It doesn't mean that you don't have battles. But I'm just telling you, you don't have to obey that master any longer. You can, you can say no. You can resist the devil. You can resist temptation. And you can yield yourselves as instruments of righteousness. You can let not sin reign in you. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to yield to sin. Alone. He gave you freedom to be set free to live from sin and death. I, when Brother Roy was here, he had a set of books. And uh, I don't know if you picked up, bought some of the books from him or not, but one of them was about John Jasper. And John Jasper it was a black preacher in Richmond, Virginia. He pastored the Sixth Missionary Baptist Church. There wasn't five others. There was a First Baptist. There wasn't a two, three, four, and five. It was six. And some of us said, John Jasper, why would you name it Sixth uh, uh, Missionary Baptist Church? He said, because we like that number. We like that shit like six Mr. Bedford. But John Jasper was a slave. I mean, he was a, a slave before the Civil War. 25 years after he got saved, he stayed a slave. He was a slave, and, and according to his own testimony, he was wicked. He was owned by a man, and but he was a wicked man. And the bondage of that slave owner was nothing compared to the bondage of sin in his life. 
the wickedness in his life. And there came a time that John Jasper heard clear to the gospel and he gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and he was saved. And God, the Holy Ghost moved in and forgave John Jasper of all of his sin. He was working in a, I think a tobacco a gin and uh, as a slave. And that day when he got saved, he came in, he began to tell everybody in there what had happened to him, how he got saved. And the, the uproar in there and the, and the, the master over the, the, that and also his owner called him up and he talked to him, called him into the office. And John Jasper told him he'd gotten saved. And that man rejoiced with him that he got saved. And while he was not free individually as a slave, he was freed spiritually as a slave. And for 25 years, he lived a life of preaching the gospel. He was limited because of his physical slavery to areas he could go to and where he could go. But he had freedom in his soul and he rejoiced and he had joy in his soul, a joy unspeakable, full of glory. And he rejoiced and God opened doors for him to preach and use him in a mighty way. And then came the Civil War. And for 25 years after the Civil War, before his death, he was a pastor in Richmond, Virginia and built a great church. But John Jasper said this. He said, my freedom didn't come with the Civil War. It came when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I was free before they said I was free. I was already free. And can I say this to you, my dear friend? You can have freedom this morning. I thank God for America, and I thank God for the freedom we have here. But to live in a land of freedom and stay in bondage is a horrible, horrible thing. And you can have freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. He can set you free from the law of sin and death. And bring you into the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. And bring you into that wonderful liberty that is in the Lord. And thank God for that. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, all that, above all that we're able to ask or think. And in James chapter 1 verse 25 and chapter 2 and verse 12, it talks about another law. It talks about the law of liberty. And that's a whole other sermon. But he brought us out of the law of bondage, sin and death. And he's now brought us into the law of liberty. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you're free. You know what that means? It means regardless of the political environment you have to live in, you're still free. Regardless of where you're at, you're still free. Brother Calvin Ramsey has done for several years now wonderful, tremendous ministry preaching in prisons. Is somewhere two or three times a week, every week preaching the gospel. He called me this week crying, rejoicing. Souls been saved, people been saved, and how God had blessed. And I thank God for Brother Calvin and all that it is and ask God's blessing on him every day. Thank the Lord for him. But Brother Calvin has seen thousands of people who are incarcerated, some serving three years, five years, several of them serving life. And they'll never be free from that, that, that prison. But when they get saved, they're free. And they're set free from their sin and from the law of sin and death. Can I say something to you? What a tragic thing to live in a country of political freedom and be in the bondage to sin and die and be in hell for all eternity. The only way to get out from under that is to be set free by the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him as your only Savior.